2: I'm a feminist, but I'm interrupting the, the beginning of my own podcast to say, hello, I've got a film premiere tomorrow night in London. I wrote this film. I'm in it, as is Sindhu V. We'll both be there doing a Q&A live on stage after the screening. Please come and join us. It's a proper premiere, so there'll be a branding board and a red carpet that you can have your picture taken on. I am so excited, and I want as many guilty feminists there as possible. Google Say My Name, Odian and you'll be able to get tickets or visit guiltyfeminist.com and you'll be able to click through from the home page. Hope to see you there. Please come and join me.
3: I'm a feminist, but I've had a sexist baby. <laughs> uh, three only sexist. Last week he was having a poo. As usual, not unreasonably, he asks you to leave the room when he's having a number two. So he he's settling in and uh, I just leave the room to the next room and start sort of doing some washing up. And um, he shouted, how sexist is this? First of all, he says, Mummy, go away. Which is always how lovely he is about asking me to leave the room. (laughs) And then I walked out the room and he went, Mummy, I can still hear you. Wow. Yeah, I made that.
2: (laughs) I'm a feminist, but I have actually met one of tonight's guests, Connie Hark, before. (laughs) Many years ago... I went to a children in need party at BBC Television Centre and I was very, very thrilled to be chatting to Connie Huck and I set myself on fire (laughs) by ashing on myself because it was so long ago you could smoke indoors. (laughs) Dating this story to before many of you were born. (laughs) And, And... I ashed on what was a very beautiful, very shimmery blouse with a vest top under it. It was sort of made of gossamer. And it just went up in flames. (laughs) And Connie Huck had to put me out. (laughs) And she sort of was patting on me, putting out the fire on my chest. And I was so thrilled because I thought, oh, my God, she is using her Blue Peter skills. (laughs) I've allowed her to use her Blue (laughs) Peter skills to put out a fire on me, on my person. And tonight when she said, hello, I'm Connie Huck in the dressing room, I said, we've met before. (laughs) And she said, oh, yes, of course we have. And I said, you won't remember. Because I remembered you, because you were Connie Huck. I was no one at all. I was just on fire. (laughs) And she said, oh, I've got small children now, so I can't, and I went, now I'll be bothered to put anyone out if they're on fire? (laughs) And she went, no, re- remember people. And I was like, but still, but still.
3: I'm a feminist, but I live with this three-year-old sexist um, who um, recently, he went, am I a little child?
4: <laughs>
3: and I said, yes. And then he went, and mummy,
2: you're a big child.
4: <laughs>
2: I think I agree with Rudy on that to some yeah, extent. Yeah, that one's good. Yeah. I think he's got the makings of a comedian.
3: Oh, fuck.
2: (laughs) You've made a white male straight comedian. Just what the world needed more of. We don't know that he's straight. An opinionated... Oh No, we don't know that he's straight. We don't know that he's straight. There's always hope. (laughs) I'm a feminist, but last night at the Oscars, I thought, well, it's been a really good night for women because we won both Best Supporting Actress and Best Actress.
4: (laughs) We've
2: done so well. I was so pleased. I was so pleased. I was like, we've taken both of those. Just like that. You know? Full sweep. Oh, yeah. Because in the old days, that would have been John Wayne and <laughs> Cary Grant. I'm a feminist, but I've got this sexist
3: baby. Um who's... you? You've not mentioned him. Yeah. Well, you'll see this is the best one. <laughs> uh, he's so sexist that the other day he said to me, Mummy... I'm going to come to your work and I'm going to be the best at it. He is a comedian! And he said, wait. He said, I'm going to be better than you. And I said, oh, are you now? And he went, yeah, I can put my own coat on.
2: fair, that is 70% of being a comedian. <laughs> yeah. a good 70 to 90% of being a comedian is being able to get... You, if you can get your own coat on, you can be a stand-up comedian. To be honest. <laughs> and there's a lot of men I know who can't do that. Yeah. I'm a feminist, but if I had a choice of reversing Brexit or a romantic dinner for two on a Hawaiian beach with John Hamm... <laughs> There's probably like a hotel suite that like goes right out onto the beachfront. You know, like one of those with the big sliding doors or something. I've seen and, them in films. Yeah. You open the doors of this huge hotel suite right out onto this private beach and there's a private dinner set up. You never ever see anyone put it out there. They just sort of phone through to tell you it's ready. And there you go out and there's this amazing dinner for two and there's a bottle of champagne. And there we are in Hawaii on the beachfront. And also for the price of reversing breakfast, Brexit. Sorry. <laughs> How do you like your eggs, John Ham? Uh, with a no deal, with a no deal sauce. Um, <laughs> The price of reversing Brexit, obviously, I would need him to be mega into me for this deal with the devil to work.
3: Imagine if you were like if he I'd, just, I'd still sacrifice Brexit even to go and have this holiday with someone who was not interested. <laughs> he back. Just, was like I, just to look at him.
2: He was like long. we really awful saying it, no. Wouldn't that be just awful if yeah. he was like Look, someone rang me, they've offered me five million to do this, they said it was one weekend, I don't know, there was some political deal made over it. <laughs> Apparently, Britain is now going to leave the European Union, but you get this weekend with me. Um, I'm going to be honest, I've asked for a rollaway cot. <laughs> well, that'd be terrible. Anyway... Um, <clears throat>
3: we'll do it, but it's top and tail.
2: No, we'd definitely... Listen, we would definitely have a people's vote before we went any further. Um, he would be one of the people, I would be the other people. Um, and I would win by a 51% margin. Um, I would, and I want this on the record, choose to reverse Brexit and sacrifice... My weekend with John Ham on the beach in Hawaii for you. However, I would then use my newfound fame as the Brexit reverser to meet him at a fancy Hollywood party, and we're back to Hawaii. Very clever.
3: You've ended up getting your ham and eating it.
2: Live from King's Place in London, the spontaneity shop presents The Guilty Feminist with me, Deborah Francis-White, guest co host Jessica foster Q, and our very special guest, Connie Hunt, and Aisha Hazarika, talking about the people's vote. This is The Guilty Feminist, the podcast in which we explore our noble goals as 21st century feminists and the hypocrisies and insecurities which undermine them. I'm Deborah Francis-White, with me is Jessica foster Q, and tonight we're talking about the people's vote. <laughs> Now, if you are outside the United Kingdom, you may have heard that Britain is exiting the European Union. It's a shame that we don't have some kind of fun name to make the whole thing more (laughs) jovial and enjoyable. Oh, hold on, let's coin one now. British exit. What about Brexit? That'll make the whole thing more twee and more like a children's television show and more like we want to do it. Great. Brexit.
3: Brexit.
2: (laughs) Brexit. Um, So we're talking about a people's vote and a people's vote means an option to have a second referendum uh, to check just check if it's <laughs> definitely, definitely the way we want to go. Some people think that's undemocratic because two years ago we had a referendum and by a very, 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 very small margin, the people who turned out, which wasn't by any means the whole population, decided that we wanted to leave. But many of those who voted didn't understand they were voting for an utter shit show. (laughs) They thought they were voting for something good for them. Now, some of them thought it was good for everyone. Some of them clearly just thought it was good for them. Some people did it, very evidently. Lots of people thought it was
3: good for the NHS.
2: Well, lots of people did, and that is because a line was painted on a bus by some (laughs) cunts. Did anyone see the um, Benedict Cumberbatch drama? Yeah. yeah. Which sort of, I mean, it was a fictional retelling. I mean, I don't think we can take it as absolute gospel. But the chap who painted the 350 million a week extra for the NHS on the bus seemed to be sort of basically pulling a number out of the air, a sort of, you know, the highest number we, he could plausibly say that we gave spell. The, the EU. <laughs> Sorry, spell, yeah. yeah. That we could. Uh, that we gave the EU each week, but we don't give that for nothing. They just don't spend that on Belgium sweets. Let's take that and spend it on left beer and Belgian seashell chocolates that goes into a, <laughs> a fucking pot for all of us. And, and loads spe- of it comes back to, to us. us spend it on Gillian. <laughs> <laughs> and
3: farms. <laughs>
2: what... <laughs> it comes back to so much comes back in subsidies but if we ever did get it back which we won't now because it's already 400 trillion we're 400 trillion pounds poorer now because of the whole fucking thing whatever the number is i've just pulled that out of a hat and apparently that's what we do now so let me put it on a fucking bus we're 400 trillion pounds poorer every week because of the brexit you get a bus, write that on it. <laughs> Boom, done. That's apparently how they did it. And then the bus cunts, Gove and Johnson, got in the bus, and they 100% knew what they were doing. They went around. They thought, oh, we'll get enough people to vote leave that uh, it'll look like you know we tried. But then we'll take all the UKIP voters uh, for the Tories and we'll be the big heroes of the party and we'll both take turns to be Prime Minister because that's how those posh white boys do it. They go, shall I be Prime Minister first and then you can be Prime Minister and then we can both go on the Speaker Circuit for 50 grand a fucking pop to say, oh, remember when I was Prime Minister? Oh, I'll tell you some funny stories. And that was their great big plan for glory because they wanted the first line of their obituary to be Prime Minister Boris Johnson and now it never fucking will be. (sighs) Never going to be prime minister now. It um, doesn't really work as well, but... That's basically what happened. Uh, The people in this country who voted, we've got to be honest, some of them voted for xenophobic reasons. We know that because there were lots of racist attacks after Brexit of people shouting, go home. A lot of this was really on a platform of immigration. Some people uh, clearly voted for Brexit uh, for other reasons. Some people voted to leave for very old school left-wing reasons. But as Lolly Adafope said on our show at the time, whether or not you did it for racist reasons, it has had a huge fallout for black and Asian people in this country, minorities in this country, and for Eastern Europeans and other continental European people who are in this country. Obviously, no one could have foreseen that it was going to cost... Well, the people in charge should have foreseen that it was going to cost 500 million pounds just to deal with pet passports, and it would take 27 years to work it out, because that's their fucking job to know that, but they didn't seem to know it. They all afterwards went, Oh, what? Yeah. LAUGHTER That's my thoughts. (laughs) What are your thoughts, Jess?
3: Yeah, that. I mean, I don't think anybody ever and I think a lot of people that think they can throw the power around like a ball between people playing catch, yeah. never had a thought to, on top of all the things you've said, also the fact that just politically, it's been the most divisive thing that's probably happened for centuries to this oh, country. Oh, completely. N- nobody cares anymore as passionately, as emotionally, and as moralistically. It's not that dissimilar to like when you're talking about whether, you know, it's like something like abortion or death penalty or something like that. People's It comes from the gut how people feel about Brexit in a way that people don't feel like even about their political ideology anymore. It's overtaken everything. So I think you'd be far more likely to tell stories or do whatever it is to persuade someone out of their voting for Labour, Tory, whatever, but you'd be up against it far more changing people's mind on where they're at with Brexit. It's a most polarising, divisive, and it's just... I don't know what to do about it, splitting families up. It's absolutely boggling. It's disastrous, is what yeah. it is. It's, it's disastrous. A fucking
2: cluster bunk of the highest <laughs> order. <laughs> but a lot of people, based on the evidence, yeah. would now vote differently, or I've heard not vote at all. They yeah. would just go, I can't now in Have, good vote. I vote on vote this because I leave. still don't...
3: I still know I'm no, don't know what I'm voting for. Even on families that agree, my yeah. mum and I both, you know on the same side of the fence, but she's so angry about it that if, while she's talking about it and I'm listening, which is our sort of regular dynamic, um, (laughs) and I do anything other than go, mm, yeah, mm, yeah, mm, yeah, like, once I went, yeah, it's tricky, and she went, tricky, just tricky.
2: (laughs) I can't agree enough, like, it's... It's quite nice when your mum... Just talks, and you're not obliged to chip in though. It's like a podcast. <laughs> I think it's quite good. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Please welcome to the stage the wonderful Jessica Vostacue.
3: I sometimes get waves of fear so intense about Brexit that they're slightly erotic. (laughs) I'm worried, of course, about the economy and the environmental and socio-political meltdown, but mainly I'm ever so worried about the food. (laughs) Um, My partner is a hoarder, so I'm less worried about running out of things to eat than I am that he'll have his fucking hoarding proven sensible by the fact that we're inclined to eat even one single thing from his disgusting cupboard. (laughs) of -of out-of-date coconut cream and barbecue sauce sachets, which was once totally eviscerated by a whole team of starving mice. And even they left quite a bit of it. (laughs) Even Stuart Little would rather starve to actual death than eat a tub of Bisto cheese sauce granules that went out of date in 1986. (laughs) I see Brexit in everything now. I saw a man carrying a 94-pack of wet wipes to his car the other day without even looking weird, and I just thought... Brexit. My son's half-eaten apple repeatedly dropped on a carpet full of fluff that I felt sadly compelled to finish rather than let go to waste. Brexit. The other day where um, we'd run out of toilet roll completely and the final roll was down to three very tiny scraps of tissue left flapping in the breeze, the last straggles of what was once a full voluptuous roll just dangling there... Like, it's, And knowing that my only option was to pick them off and try to form them into one approximately square inch of tissue and use that and only that to pat any leftover wee off my tuppence. <laughs> that was possibly maximum Brexit. <laughs> and in terms of the options left to us regards Brexit, I think they feel totally dire. It's like a game of Snog Marry Kill where the options are your dad, your dad and your dad... <laughs> Let's talk about my pubes. Um, So, um, as I understand it, I'm 35, as I understand it, um, young people now get rid of all theirs, And this has been going on for ages, but I grew up in the countryside down in Dorset, and um, I swear to God, no-one was doing that when I was growing up. Just no-one was doing it. They're still wearing bum bags from the first time (laughs) round. Not that I think it's a fashion thing, but it is a fashion thing. Anyway, I had no idea that anyone was doing that. Like, um, <laughs> and then I got to university. I went to university in London. You know, a couple of years into university, was like, oh, you know, I had a few conversations with peers, where, not Morgan, with my friends. Uh, 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 oh, God. How to make a story about pubes more disgusting. Um, anyway, I had a. And improvise. And, you know, mates would be going, like, oh, I'm doing this in so mine, I'm doing that. I was like, oh, fuck, you know, everyone's going, everyone's getting rid. Um, and then I started seeing someone, right, a very mucky, pervy perv, mucky perv. Um, I thought this is exactly the sort of thing they're going to bloody expect and be into, isn't it? <laughs> so um, so I went for it. <whistles> and they came round that night and, um we began to do sex things, very nice ones, <laughs> and um, <laughs> uh, eventually, <laughs> my, trow- my trousers, I'm a trouser person, um, <laughs> it won't make any sense, but eventually, eventually got my trousers a bit down and he was like, oh, hello, <laughs> and then a few more bits and bobs happened. <laughs> I don't know why I'm not in erotic fiction. A <laughs> um, couple, couple more items were checked off the list. <laughs> completed, completed. Anyway, get my kex cut. when my, when my kecks were eventually all the way down, he uh, was like, oh, God! <laughs> and it turns out what I'd done... <laughs> His, uh, I shaved the whole of the front of my muff off, (laughs) and then left absolutely everything on the undercarriage. (laughs) Amazingly, that person that happened with is now the father of my child. one happy ending at least um, you might not unreasonably be thinking why the fuck are you telling me about your pubes well because I think it's the perfect example of a potentially massive disaster born out of someone ploughing ahead with a decision that they'd based entirely in ignorance <laughs> I think it's worth pointing out that um, philosophically this is the problem with democracy at all. I guess it's important to make sure that everybody has a say, but democracy's fatal flaw, it's Achilles heel, it's Blair's 45 minute claim, it's kryptonite, it's Angela Smith saying funny tinge. It's its downfall I know, it's excruciating, would not it? Its downfall is that there's surely limited value in a system that appreciates everybody's opinion equally even when theoretically those opinions can be based entirely in ignorance or worse based on lies but the alternatives are all still definitely worse they all involve having a dictator and i've said it before just moments ago i live with a dictator and it's terrifying (laughs) Um, admittedly my one is three years old and i made him on purpose but he's still ruthless And his latest trick is to say the most horrific demands and policies in a robot voice. (laughs) As if that makes them easier to palate. Yesterday he said, Daddy, you are nobody. (laughs) Mummy, you're not funny. (laughs) Lift me up to the cupboard and get a really, really big treat now. I don't love you. And this is the worst shade it's possible to throw as a three-year-old and be warned, shit's about to get dark. You are not my best friend. Thank you. Hello, Guilty Feminists. This is Jessica Regan here from the Big Speeches Workshop. I'm delighted to tell you that we are bringing our Guilty Feminist Big Speeches Workshop to Bristol. We're working with the Bristol Old Vic to bring this workshop to your city. So please come and join us on the 13th of April to book your ticket. Go to the Guilty Feminist website and I look forward to seeing you there.
0: A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com.
2: Our guest today, a comedian, broadcaster, and former political advisor to Ed Miliband, Aisha Hazarika, and writer and television presenter, Connie Huck! <laughs> so you know lots of important things about the people's vote. Right, so for a start, who wants people's vote? <laughs> When do we want it?
1: Now! I I do that a lot. I do that in front of lots of people at marches and do that a lot. But what the People's Vote has been doing is sort of organising for the people, the public, to try and mobilise our MPs and our political leaders to do something to break the deadlock in Parliament. Because Parliament is totally stuck one way or the other. And we've been working really, really hard. And I have to say, tonight there's been a little bit of good news (gasps) what? it looks like after a long long time the Labour Party might be
2: backing a people's vote stop it right now yeah no, yeah. what the actual Jeremy Corbyn is actually backing the coordinator. Actual...
1: The coordinator. Now, it's, it, there's still like lots of ifs and buts as usual and lots of small print, but I think that's a good sign. I think that's a good sign. I think that's a good, so good sign. So, when you say ifs and buts in small print,
2: we don't have time for this shit. So, is he. have <laughs> backing... got bags of time. What's well, like 32 days? You've got tons of time. It's all fine. Okay, so he's. <laughs> Will he be backing it by tomorrow, the next day? Like, when is it official? Well, I think he said a meeting tonight... By the time tonight. this podcast
3: goes out, will he be fully have climbed aboard it and riding it through town <laughs> naked?
1: <laughs> astride it. Will he be astride it? That is a very good question. They're going to have to come to a proper decision in the next couple of weeks. But I do think from everything that's come out tonight, it looks like the Labour Party has finally... Because there's one person that can make or break this happening, and that is Jeremy Corbyn. So all his members and loads of MPs have been really trying to push him into the right direction and the people's vote. And fingers crossed he's going to listen. But I think there's lots of, like, hurdles to get through. But the main thing is, we've got to get a people's vote. We've got to have Remain on the ballot paper and that is the key thing so I think there's going to be a lot more kind of machinations behind the scene but I think this is a big step
2: let's hope so I sort of can't help feeling angry that Labour haven't done this before that and I know many of the Labour MPs would have liked it and Jeremy Corbyn didn't want it but I feel very frustrated that we have had an opposition that haven't been opposing this yes
5: (gasps) (laughs) oh yeah Many of the Labour Party feel the same way as well. And actually, the stalemate had to sort of give at some point, and what with the dissenters? This is the tipping point, so uh, touch wood. Ah, the floor... It will actually happen, my brain, whatever. Uh, I have young children as well. Because actually being in the EU has done so much for women, and I think people don't realise just how much. Equal pay, for instance, came about from us being members of the EU, and actually we were forced to go to court over it to get that enforced. Um, Maternity pay is all down to the EU. Part-time workers' pay being equalised with full-time worker pay, and part-time workers are always women Um, Not always, but like majority, yeah, yeah. often women. And I don't think people realise
2: how much the EU has done for women. Well, I was reading today, uh, many of you will know there was a magazine in the 60s in Britain called Spare Rib. Mm. And it's all uh, held digitally by the British Library. And they've said if there's a no-deal Brexit, they're going to have to delete it because they don't have the sign-off and the permission from all the authors. And under EU laws, there's something called an orphan clause, which means if you've made every effort to attempt to approach the authors and you can't find them because they're not around anymore or you can't track them down, you're still allowed to maintain it if no one objects. And there'll be all sorts of laws like that that will just go. And they're saying, we're really sorry, we don't know what to do except to delete spare rib. So if anyone's listening to this podcast and they are in a European country that is not the UK and they would like to, I don't know, somehow make a deal with the British Library to house it... That would be really helpful. And it's all of these things that we did. You know, that's a priceless feminist archive, all of these things. And that's, I mean, that's the least of our worries compared to, you know, but austerity. But that's true. There's so but many things that go under the radar.
5: And to change the legislation, because we've been sort of relying on the fact of EU legislation as our safety now and so much, it will just take years and years if we do actually come out just to put a framework In place. But but it's also like, look, let's be honest,
1: right? When men make a mess, it's women that clear it up, right? That's what's happened politically and that's what's going to happen in our everyday lives. If we crash out with a no-deal Brexit and it's going to be absolute chaos, it is... You know, society is going to have a horrific time, but it is women that will really, really pay the price. Already, the government is saying that food prices could shoot up. You know, we're all stockpiling. Well, we might just not have enough food. We're going to have to eat when a lot chum. Like that is like how bad things. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's good because it's like payload, and there's like it's good if you're on a low carb thing. But it's not. not if you're vegan, it's, well, yeah. I mean, yeah. that's that, that the jig is up. Maybe cat food. I know. No, maybe no. Maybe not. But I mean, it, it is going to be. <laughs> it's it is. Going to Someone be women somewhere in London now with a vegan cat, <laughs> we're going to get loads of complaints about the non vegan dog food thing. No, but the other thing that we were talking about seriously, though, as well, is if there are loads and loads of further cuts, and remember, austerity drove a lot of the reason why people did vote for Brexit. Yeah. If loads of services get cut who is going to have to step in and pick up the slack that is going to be women again like women are going to bear the brunt of this in a way which is so acute particularly with cuts to services jobs might go it's women's faces that are often at the front line of poverty and that is going to absolutely be a factor. of Brexit
5: yeah women use public services for themselves and their families more than men women are more likely to work in the service industry all of that stuff will impact on women plus stuff like there's already 1,000 midwives and nurses that have left the NHS that number will only mm. go up and we're nearly at full employment here so there, it's not as if oh that's creating jobs there's no one to take up that slack yeah. which means stuff like you know voluntary care will go up and that's always the burden
2: on the wall mm. so i mean we there, can't are, there are something like 40,000 nursing positions open with no one to apply for them and a lot of that is lots of eastern european nurses have gone back home feeling a unwelcome and b the pound isn't worth more than the euro anymore so or, or just,
3: well, no, and then that ties it back from, even before that, from just stopping paying people to train to be a nurse yes. and making that a degree and of... And we haven't that even Brexited properly. Yet. Yeah, this we haven't no, it. Yeah, that's
5: this the
2: thing. Just, br- <laughs> this, is, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> this is just... This is... Yeah. This is just... But it would clearly take years to do all of these kind of things, like the orphan law on publications, pet passports, working out what our new arrangements with paternity cover would be, just insurance of trucks driving in and out from the EU, all of those kind of things. Yeah, like...
5: So, basically, at the moment, everything is a real system in that the trucks can come in, they don't have to... No-one has to get out of the cab, sign anything. It all works like clockwork. And if a truck is even 15 minutes late, that puts a real spanner in the works. So they need to come in, go through, get on the motorway within a certain time window. My sister, who's our local MP, actually, just coincidentally, but they, all the MPs were offered to go and have a look at sort of the system and how it worked. And she went and saw it. And um, she was speaking with this guy from a firm and he was saying that if they got rid of the system as it stands and everyone had to do paperwork his firm alone would have to do something like 40 million separate documents to get trucks through a week everything would just growing to
2: a halt mm. it doesn't even you know bear thinking about so I think we can all see that even if I mean it was such an narrow margin and not everybody voted by any means so it's actually not a majority of people in this country who wanted it lots of people who were 16 then have turned 18 now there are so many different reasons to have a people's vote but the main one is we didn't know what we were voting for and nobody was voting for this and we were sold lies as sold well. absolute lies so it seems so evident that we need to check again. And this happened in
1: Ireland, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, Ireland was, particularly with things like the Good Friday Agreement, that was allowed to be ratified by the public. And I don't see how the argument works, which is, it's all about take-back control It's all about letting the British people have a greater say over their future. Yet we are not going to let us, the people, have just one more sense check on whether this is the right thing to do. And the hypocrisy from Parliament is absolutely stunning. Theresa May is going to try and have as many goals as possible at getting her completely crap deal through Parliament, but she won't give it back to the people. Like, where is the fairness in all of that? And the other thing that I just have to say as well, somebody who's been involved in politics for a long time, I do feel that a lot of women's voices were missing from the original EU referendum campaign. It was like the sort of bad boys... Of Brexit and even on the Remain side, it was very much male, pale, and stale—the sort of like the. And I remember I did this. Semi, and it was a. Bit, it was about touch, like so. I was working with Harriet Harman at the time, and we went on this cross-party bus with David Cameron down to the southwest to try and convince these like construction workers. And we also went to like a farm, and it was like a really big leave area. And we went there, and it was like David Cameron, Paddy Ashdown. John Major, sort of Roy Hattersley, and the people were like, fucking hell, it's spitting image coming off the bus. Yeah. People were like, I thought he died, oh my God. And it was like, we were not connecting with like, people. We need more sort of normal people. We need more women's voices. The best bit was that we were on this bus with David Cameron, and just as we were getting out on the farm, his security guys got really, really agitated, and they came around us, and we were like, what is it? And they were like, we're on a farm with the prime minister don't even think about trying to take a picture of him with a pig.
2: I mean... I just look at it all the time and go, are these the best people we have who's running things? Because it's... I mean, it's really, though... There was only
5: yeah. one female negotiator. Like, it's a 90% of the uh, parliamentary
2: discussions went to men. It was all but, men. But even with these independents that, you know, left on principle, it was not three hours before one of them had said funny tinge on the television. And if you're listening internationally, this was clearly an error. <laughs> clearly, and you know, we don't want to... Say oh, you know, somebody slip of the tongue and you know hold it against someone. But I feel you don't say funny it's tinge. Random. Nobody you, says you just, nobody's no, ever like, said it before. It's like ball it select. I mean who says
1: funny tinge? But, but I funny, think, by the way, Connie tinge. and I, we people of tinge. people of tinge,
5: hello, people of tinge, hello. I just
2: you only say that if you don't have any Asian or mixed race friends because you don't think it's funny. it's not. I know it was Is an it error. Weird? I know it yeah. slipped out. You don't think it's weird. But it you slipped out from funny. somewhere. But it did. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. It came, yeah, yeah. But, like, almost but but even came tinge. from funny yeah. tinge. Yeah. almost even came from like, whoa, 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 what's a coverall phrase? Funny tinge? Fuck! Everyone on the panel,
3: there were so many people on the panel, straight away went, funny what? <laughs> <laughs> but
1: funny also, what? it was sort of like... Uh,
3: If if this is the new
1: politics, it's like, give me the old politics, please, please, Three
2: hours before the people who left, because they were so principled because of anti-Semitism in the (laughs) Labour Party and because they were on an anti-Brexit agenda, because Brexit's xenophobic, three hours before they said funny tinge, and one of them admittedly said funny tinge, but I'm just like is this the best we've got? It can't be the best we've got. So if you are out there and you are someone who is bright, well-educated, well-informed, could you please go into politics and yeah. run for something? Because we need better people. But to be honest, you don't even need to be that bright. If you can just shower and
1: like, get, 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 get on a bus. and I mean, like, just two words, Chris Grayling.
2: I mean, honestly. But we don't want more Chris Graylings. We, don't. we want people who are better than Chris Grayling. This is the advert we need to write. Are you better than Chris (laughs) Grayling? Yes. Almost certainly, yes. Tick that box. Would you physically fish three underage refugees out of a dinghy that had come to Dover and row them back yourself rather than letting them stay in a warm bed for one night? If you wouldn't do that, you're already better than Theresa May. Perhaps think of going into politics, because the bar is currently so low for cleverness... For being informed. People are clever, but they're not well-informed and they're not doing the right things with their cleverness.
5: They're Mm. just not in touch with reality.
2: No. Hello, Guilty Feminist. It's me, Deborah Francis-White, briefly interrupting your listening with a few quick announcements. Do you want to come to a live recording of The Guilty Feminist and hang out backstage with me and the other comedians? Or perhaps you'd like to have dinner with me and Cindy V and talk about feminism over cocktails. Thanks to the wonderful people at Comic Relief, those dreams can become a reality. Those are just two of the prizes on offer at the Comic Relief Prizeathon. It costs only £10 to enter, but you can enter as many times as you like. Just Google Comic Relief Prizeathon for all the details. The Guilty Feminist is going on tour in May. Me and some of your favourite Guilty Feminist comedians are pitching up into your town and we are going to have the all-singing, all-dancing night of your life. These shows will not be recorded, so the only way to find out what's in them is to come and see us live. Our third week of touring starts on the 15th of May when we will be in Cardiff, then we're going to Cambridge, Aylesbury, Bournemouth and Oxford. We're going to be all over the UK, so go to guiltyfeminist.com or Ticketmaster to see all the dates and times. My book, The Guilty Feminist, is still available from all good bookshops, but if you'd like me to read it to you with some help from the amazing Adjua Ando, you can get the audiobook version by going to audible.co.uk and searching for The Guilty Feminist. And Global Village, the amazing diversity-based comedy panel show starring you, the hive mind of the audience, is back and recording more live episodes on the afternoons of 23rd and 24th of March. Go to kingsplace.co.uk to book your tickets And come and play for Hive Mind Glory. Also, don't forget to check out Grown-Up Land on BBC Sounds, another Spontaneity Shop podcast. Now, back to The Guilty Feminist.
3: Friends, please, welcome to the stage, Deborah Frances White.
2: (laughs) People's Vote is basically a check-in. And I feel, before we make any big life decision, don't we just check-in one more time? Like, I know we definitely said we were going to have a baby, but since we made that decision, you've lost your job, I've got type 42 diabetes, (laughs) and the living room is on fire. (laughs) Should we just check in again and having a partner say, no, one of us wanted to do this two years ago and the other one didn't want to do it at all, so we definitely have to do it now. Now all the circumstances have changed. You would never do that. You'd never come off the pill under that basis. We've got to have a second vote. It's just ridiculous. So I have prepared a short performance <laughs> to convince you that we do need a second vote. This short performance was prepared for a show called A Musical, um, where comedians sing songs from musicals. So I decided that I wanted to sing Mine Hair from Cabaret <laughs> as Theresa May. <laughs> singing goodbye to Europe. Now, by the end of this, if you weren't convinced we should have a people's vote, you definitely will be. But I do need a couple of props. Uh, one is... I'll that. Uh, oh, no, sorry. sorry I'm just getting into my character.
3: Uh, <laughs> God, it's almost like she's here.
2: <laughs> I'm delighted to finally be invited on this podcast. <laughs> I'm a feminist but I've prepared one I'm a feminist but through austerity I have plunged millions of women in this country into poverty guilty pleasures (laughs) All right. obviously I've got to make plans for the future mine not yours Um, and uh, when all this is over by which I do mean the United Kingdom um, I'm going to need other jobs to do I mean I will be doing the speaker circuit in sort of going into Goldman Sachs and charging them 50,000 pounds to tell them that Boris Johnson's a cunt. Um, but tonight I will be presenting, as a goodbye to Europe, mine hair. You have to understand the way I am, mine hair. A tiger is a tiger. Not a lamb, mine hair You'll never turn this vinegar To jam, mine hair So I do What I do When I'm through Then I'm through And I'm through To By <laughs> bye, My Lie By leave a care. It was a fine affair, but now it's over. And though I used to care, I need the old bunny. You're better <laughs> off without me, mine hair. Don't dab your eye, my hair. I wonder why, mine hair. I always said that I was a rover. You shouldn't knit your brow. You should know by now. You're better off without me. I couldn't double-cross it if I tried mine hair, but I do what I can, inch by inch, wall by wall. We both mine hair, let's be realistic mine hair, it's both of us. Bye bye my Lieber hair <laughs> Bye bye
4: Bye bye my Lieber
2: hair Take a hint Bye bye my Lieber hair, farewell my Lieber hair It was a fine affair it's over, and though I used to care, I need the open air, you're better off without me, you'll get off without I me.
4: I'm far so good, to can't wish for,
2: me. Oh,
4: hey. I'm favourable, my hey. hand.
2: we do to help with the people's vote? Get into politics. No. What can we do? Can we do a hashtag Yes. for the Northern Ireland for Repeal the North?
1: There's a hashtag, there's people's vote hashtag, and there's also a women for the people's vote as well. There is the mother of all marches taking place on the 23rd -hmm. of March. (laughs) Yay! We've done a march in March because we're really strategic like that. We're not idiots. Um, But that turnout is going to be really, really important because the last massive one in London, I think the sheer number of people really made politicians sit up and pay attention. It made the media pay attention. So sheer presence would be absolutely brilliant. It starts at 12 o'clock and then it's going to move towards um, Parliament for about
5: 3 o'clock. And the other thing is... Lobby your MPs. Yeah, I was going to say, if you email your MP... And there's a link that we can get put up where you can actually just literally click to let it be known to whoever your MP is, and it's all automated so you don't have to do the groundwork uh, that you want a people's vote. And And the thing about MPs is they start
1: taking notice when tons of correspondence come yeah. in, like when loads of letters and things like that. So please be active. It doesn't matter what your constituents is, Labour, Tory, whatever, just get active. And if you are a member of the Labour Party, keep the pressure on Jeremy Corbyn. Make sure that he doesn't wriggle out of this. Make sure that he does stick to his guns and delivers support for a people's vote as well.
5: It's so massively important. This is probably mm. the most important thing in our lifetime that we can do for our country. no, uh, But I mean it. I mean, this will affect future generations. That three-year-old dictator. Yeah. I mean, maybe you want him affected, actually. No, yeah. <laughs>
2: you wouldn't wish that upon anyone. And people keep saying, oh, well, we got through the Blitz. And I think... <laughs> we didn't vote for the Blitz, though, did we? I mean, I think that needs to be clear. And if we had accidentally voted for the Blitz... We would have said, can we vote again, please? Sorry, we meant no blitz. That's clear. So let's have the blitz spirit. Blitz means blitz, Deborah. (laughs) Let's 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 have a red, white and blue blitz. Let's try and (laughs) have have the blitz spirit (laughs) and end the blitz as soon as possible and reverse the Blitz, because that's what the Blitz people would (laughs) have done. So what we want to do... is a terrible band, doesn't it? The Blitz people. The Blitz people. (laughs) So, Aisha, can you tonight tweet the special link where you can write through to your MP, and we'll get everyone here to go on your Twitter. Yep. What's your Twitter? At Aisha Hazarika. And then you can just go through immediately write to your MP because you'll have be, been and be retweet
5: it so all the people oh, yeah. that follow yeah. you like yeah let's proliferate
2: so yep. quote tweet, tweet Ayesha's tweet saying this is how you click through to your MP and hashtag people's vote and, and, hashtag- and follow me so I get more Twitter followers please oh yeah, sure. just, yeah. and hashtag people's me vote three and <laughs> what's what's the hashtag for women uh, the women's one uh, I think it's women for people's vote but hashtag I'll, I'll, women I'll for people's vote do all the stuff on my Twitter. You'll put that through there and if everyone can come out on the March on the 23rd we will get some signs together and we'll have a guilty feminist area so if you want to come and join us and march with us and bring your own signs as well and we can march together. So let's get behind it. It is the biggest thing. If we are complacent about it, it's going to happen and it's going to be absolutely disastrous. Shall I make a sign that says don't
3: let what happened to my pubes happen to our country?
2: (laughs) you could. (laughs) If, if you could, everyone would get that it. That might Who swing could? it. That could be the thing that no. it. it would, it would. And listen, if we vote again, and now people know how disastrous it's going to be, they really do vote that they want it with the, all the spam and the lack of insulin, and that's what they really want, then that is democracy, as sad as that is. But you cannot, we cannot say that people voted for this because they didn't. So let's keep the pressure on. And really, because electoral law
5: doesn't really cover referendums, mm. it was actually totally illegal. It would have never have stood yeah, it's
3: if not it was binding. Yeah,
2: totally. Well, so, it, they said that it would have been overturned if it had been binding, but because it was only advisory, they yeah. can't overturn it. Ironically, <laughs> I, but I just feel
1: that we really do have sort of 32 days to try and change the course yeah. of history. And every time you make your voice heard, it does count for something. And if you look at all the debate, Women have tended to shrink back from the debate, which I totally understand because it is incredibly divisive and it's quite an angry debate now. But I do say, you know, to quote the, you know, courage calls to courage everywhere, I think if we all really mobilize our efforts, every single voice can count for something. And I think we've got a really crucial, you know, sort of really a handful of days left to really, really push it. So just keep this in the front of your mind. Tell your friends get the message out. We've got a chance to change political history, but it's a really tiny wee window of time.
2: Ayesha, have you got anything to plug?
1: Anything you'd like us to see, go to, read? uh, Yes, I'm doing my uh, stand-up show at the Soho Theatre, 4th, 5th and 6th. It's called Girl on Girl, and it's all about the fight for feminism.
2: Wonderful. We will go and see that in droves.
5: Colin Huck, anything you want us to see? Um, I have actually got a book for 8- to 12-year-olds, so, uh, and it's about... You see, boys never buy books about girls, and we're trying to change that because, mm. you know, we're Yeah, we read
2: and... Harry Potter, and those little bastards because, won't read The Worst Fucking Witch. I know! Little <laughs> shits. And not only that, J.K. Rowling <laughs> had to call herself J.K. Rowling to not mm. alienate. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, Total George uh, Eliot. Yeah. Um,
5: so, anyway, yeah, so basically, I'm trying to hope that, fingers crossed, even though it's about a female protagonist who's sort of into STEM learning, because STEM uh, needs a lot of females and males actually, in this country, that we can still get sort of, it won't be totally nerdy and horrific. So it's sort of like Bridget Jones meets Wimpy Kid meets STEM learning and an ethnic minority female, box ticking, but you know if,
2: if, if Is it can... called
5: Funny Tinge? Yeah,
2: <laughs> actually Funny Tinge and his <laughs>
5: dog independent. I'm looking for a title for book two, so wow. mm, Funny Tinge might, you know, just... <laughs> Get in there. Well, I can <laughs> think of his tinge, minge. Now that's all. that's like going through. That's yeah. just, just your fault because of your sorry. pubes I'm story. Tinge, minge. Book two, done and dusted. <laughs> there we go. Um, so it's up on Amazon for pre-orders. And, uh, and it what's, is, it, what's it really called? It's just to be it's clear, it's actually called Cookie and the Most Annoying Boy in the World. Cookie, so I don't uh, know whether the boys will buy it, but he's hoping. Yeah,
2: Cookie and the Most Annoying Boy in the World. Uh, check it for my out. Son now. Good. Absolutely, he'll like it. Wonderful, Jessica Q, Anything to plug?
3: I've got a podcast all about eating called Hoovering. Please may listen to that, and or um, uh, come to live shows of it. There's lots of live shows of it, and I've got a new stand-up show which is in preview at the moment, and then it's going up to Edinburgh, and it's called Hench. Come to that. Awesome. Yeah.
2: <clears throat> and I've just got two quick things to tell you about. One is I've teamed up with Comic Relief to do some what they call their Prizeathons. Everyone puts ten pounds in the pot. All that money goes to Comic Relief, an amazing cause, and then you could win a prize. So some of them are things like Breakfast with David Attenborough. This one isn't that. Um, uh, there's two one is uh, front row tickets to a Guilty Feminist podcast recording and you come backstage beforehand you meet the comedians, we'll run our I'm a Feminist butts past you for your approval, then you get front row VIP tickets and then afterwards you come backstage, there's a picnic basket and a bottle of champagne and we'll have drinks with you and then probably get drunk and go outside and overthrow the patriarchy Um, so you can go in the draw for that and the other one is go for dinner at Grangers and Co in Notting Hill with me and Cindy V. V is a raucous dinner companion. I think we need to be very clear about that. We're going to have some cocktails. Sindhu will start in on the career advice, the romance advice, the sex advice. I will just chip in with gags and I'll be learning with you. Um, It will be dinner for four, two friends and us, and then, you know, then we'll go out into the night and uh, look for trouble find a we have a rumble with some men's rights activists or something I reckon um, so it's ten, it's 10 quid to enter and in the meantime a huge round of applause for the wonderful Aisha Hazarika <laughs> and the fabulous Connie Huck my amazing co-pilot Jessica foster you have been listening to The Guilty Feminists with me, Liverpool Francis White, guest co-host, Jessica Foster and our very special guest, Connie Huff, and Ayesha Hazarika. The recording engineer was Chris Sharp, music was by Mark Hodge, the Producer was was Tom us for the sponsor shop. Thanks to Zoe, Jacob, Sally, and everyone at Kings Place, as well as all of you for listening. For more information about this and other episodes, visit guilty That sounds sarcastic now. That's <laughs> too too much too much there was just a delighted murmur could we bring it back to a delighted murmur <laughs> a sort of surprised and delighted murmur maybe Tom Tom can you edit in the old surprise and murd- uh, yeah. murder. <laughs> surprised and delighted surprise murmur not murder surprised and delighted murder surprised and delighted murder is something you'd be on ITV at nine o'clock <laughs> yeah Next on ITV, Surprised and Delighted Murder. <laughs> With two actresses you recognise from Coronation Street, but can't name. Um, <laughs>
3: Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now with new episodes rolling out every Thursday. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.
0: ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com
2: Hello, everybody. Just a very quick one about Instagram. If you're on it, Meta, the parent company, is reducing the number of political posts visible to users on their feed. This is a real thing, not a hoax. So go to your Instagram profile, tap the three horizontal lines in the top right corner to open the settings tab, scroll down to what you see, click on content preferences, open political content and turn on